1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. (laughs) This is Alabama coach Nate Oates. We're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Perra. I love the Field of 68 After Dark
2: show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark.
3: This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is
0: Field of 68 After Dark.
3: Welcome to the Field of 68 After Dark. It's a thirsty Thursday tonight here on the Field of 68. Uh, We got Tyler Hansbro. We got Randolph Childress. My name is Greg Waddell. A lot of Big Ten games to get through tonight. You know I like that. We're also going to talk about some ACC teams, some bubble movement this week. We've got our Bracketology show tomorrow, so we'll get you prepared for that. Uh, And right now, Boo Booey, who might be my favorite player in the country, has 35 points in a tie game with a minute and a half left. I'm wearing a Boo Booey jersey as we speak, ladies and gentlemen. There's no telling where this night will take us. RC, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you doing tonight? I'm good, man.
4: But that that might be a fake, man. Boo, Boo, he went four tonight, man. He just switched it up, man. He didn't got a new, he got a new number, man. That's a good point. He's rocking we, a zero.
3: We we don't know which version of Boo is the better Boo at this point. Both of them have been killing. Ooh. Tyler, how you doing tonight, man?
2: Man, I'm doing great.
3: Good. It's good to see you. Uh, we are gonna work your tar heels in tonight, by the way. I see them on the rundown. I'm pretty excited about that. No worries. Uh, as always, guys, we are brought to you by Bet Rivers, where I have to say this: Bet Rivers has been putting together some pretty awesome promotions for us lately. They've been putting together bets that we specifically asked them to boost up for the good people out there that want to bet on college basketball tonight. We gave them a Road Warriors parlay. Penn State, Michigan, and Northwestern, all the win outright. All were underdogs on the road. We're two for two. Northwestern had a huge lead. If they can secure this victory, that paid out plus 1970 at Bet Rivers. Crazy money. $100 bet would win you almost $2,000. So go to Bet Rivers, make sure you lock in on those boosts with us. We are live on SiriusXM channel 84 College Sports Radio as well. Uh you can watch us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Make sure you throw us a like, jump in the comments. We will answer your questions every single commercial break and after the show on the Afters. All right, we're going to start in the Big 10. We're going to start with my basketball team, the Wolverines. Have not even been the next four out. Over the last two months, they have been so far off the bubble, they have needed to string some wins together. They got the emotional win over Michigan State over the weekend, and now they go to the rack tonight with Caleb McConnell active off the bench, but a little hobbled, no Jet Howard, and the Wolverines secure a grimy, ugly road victory to put themselves back on the bubble. So I'll go to you first here, RC. Do you think that Michigan is Firmly back in the NCAA tournament conversation, at least after this game?
4: I think they're in the conversation. I mean, they got some work to do. I mean, they got to finish the season strong. I mean, they're right there, what they're 17, 16, and uh 12 now. Uh, I mean, you you gotta finish the season strong. You can't go 16 and 14 or anything like that. They gotta win out. And uh, but they they've won five of their last seven. So they they dug themselves out of the hole. They're digging themselves, I should say, out of the hole. And today it was impressive. They did it you know, without Jet. And they did it on the defensive end. I mean, that was a grimy, physical-ass game. And they came out and they responded. Credit to those guys.
3: I think you're saying they dug themselves out of the hole. I thought that was a play on words because Doug McDaniel was fantastic (laughs) for him tonight, RC. He really was. He was. Uh, He made some big plays for them against Michigan State, too, as well. Tyler, this is now becoming a trend a little bit in the Juwan Howard era. We've seen uh, Michigan teams with a lot of talent struggle early in the season kind of uh, fizzle out early in the Big Ten season, just a middle of the pack team. And all of a sudden in February, they flip a switch uh, and they're starting to play their best basketball of the year. In fact, in the Juwan Howard era, Michigan teams are 21 and eight now in the month of February. That's much better than they've been uh, in January or in March. So what does that say about this program, this team and Juwan Howard as a coach? Is that something we can look at as a trend?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you want to play your best basketball uh, in March and April. Uh, It's never a good idea to peak uh, in December, but, you know, everyone starts the season off in a good mindset. And to be able to sustain it and, uh, you know, keep improving and then peak, uh, you know, mid-March or right before March is the idea to kind of get that momentum going into the tournament. So I think he's done a good job. And also I thought Michigan – You know, I thought Hunter uh, was going to be one of the – well, he is one of the best bigs. But I had some expectations uh, for him and Michigan coming into the season. So, it looks like they're finally starting to be the team that some people thought. Uh, But it was a good win. It was a great match tonight, especially at Rutgers, because I really like that Elmori kid. Uh, He's really athletic, and I wanted to see him and Hunter go at it. So, that was really exciting for me.
3: Yeah, when Michigan struggled in the first half, it was – almost single-handedly Amori, and how much he Mm -hmm. impacted the game defensively. You couldn't even really throw the ball into Hunter, honestly, because Amori was pushing him off his spot so effectively in a way that Hunter just hasn't really been affected much this season. I want to ask you as a big man, what is the, the level of, I guess, responsibility for Hunter's stagnation for a word? I don't want to say he's regressed necessarily, but, he hasn't really taken the jump individually that a lot of people expected. I think him and Trace Jackson Davis, for example, have kind of been neck and neck their whole careers. TJD took an extra step this year to like, oh my God, he could be the national player of the year or at least second to Zach Eady. Hunter hasn't really done that. A lot of people would point to the guys around him and say they're not giving him a lot of help. There's a lot of double teams he's seen, but what uh what can a big man do? If the roster's not the perfect fit, Should we still expect Hunter Dickinson to make individual strides he hasn't made this year?
2: Absolutely. Um, For me, I, I think it does. If you have a, you know, I think it works off each other. I think your teammates, you know, if you have shooters, it's going to open things up for you in the lane. But also, you know, Hunter's a very good passer out of the post. And so when he takes his time and he really establishes himself in good scoring position, I think that's when Hunter's really effective. And obviously when he gets to his left and he's on the left block, uh, I think he's drastically better uh, on that side. But for me, it would be A lot of kids put a lot of pressure on themselves to score, but I think if they make uh, the right position, deep seals, duck-ins, and things like that, kind of seems like a lost art. Uh, But putting yourself in a position has a lot to do with it and positioning, moving without the ball, especially as a big, uh, you know, for Hunter, I think would be
3: uh, great. No Jed Howard tonight, RC. I want to ask you about that because he went down essentially in a tie game with about eight minutes left against Michigan state. And I was watching it live and I'm like, Oh, this, this game's over thinking in a negative way. If they lose that much of a key to their offense, they just don't have the scoring power. They went on a 12 0 run without jet in the end game, mostly due to Terrace Reed dominating off the bench. And then tonight, honestly, to my eye, I thought a lot of the bad habits this team has had struggling on the boards, just a, a lack of defensive awareness I thought a lot of that was a lot better tonight without Jet Howard. What did you see there?
4: Hey, it was. I mean, let's be honest. They won us on the defensive end. I mean, it. you know, and not that Rutgers is a great offensive juggernaut, but they – Dougie, we knew that. He's not a great shooter. He can make shots, but he can pressure the hell out the ball, set the tone. But I just thought they did. When they switched everything, they kept him out. They pushed him outside, kept him from being rolled in the post. Their guard play, I mean, just overall. I mean, and, and playing with a big – with Amori being, a, you know, being a a post guy, it kept Hunter in the post where he didn't have to try to go out and guard on the perimeter. So, give those guys credit, man. They won this on the defensive end. Rutgers helped them out, missing so many damn free throws. I mean, they were horrendous tonight. They were five or sixteen from the free throw line, and I don't know how when you don't shoot it great. You sure as hell can't miss eleven free throws.
3: Yeah. You're right. They've definitely left the door open uh, quite a bit, especially in the first half. And then they came out, missed the first two free throws in the second half as well. Uh, But yeah, interesting, interesting result there, because I loved this Rutgers team when they were fully healthy. I thought when they had Mawat Mag, um, you know, this was a a top four team in this conference to me, one that I had my eye on in the NCAA tournament. And man, they're just uh, a lot different and a lot more depleted. they left it across the finish line. Yeah, it's just kind of sad to see it happen. But, hey, that that happens. Injuries are part of the game. Uh, Let's move next to Penn State's victory over Ohio State tonight. Um, Actually, a a pretty aesthetically pleasing game at times here. Uh, A little more offense than I think some people would have expected. Penn State plays, you know, the way they they surround Jalen Pickett with those shooters and they let him go to work. I mean, they're a fun offense to watch. But Ohio State kept up for for large stretches of this game with some nice individual shot making from Bryce Sensabaugh. And this is now, guys, I can't believe this stat. This is 14 losses in 15 games for Ohio State. And not only that, I mean, for those of you that bet like I do, this is 14 games they have not covered out of 15 games. I mean, it's just unheard of in the sport for something to happen that consistently. Uh, Penn State, though, got it done when it mattered. And they are another team on the bubble. RC, you think Penn State has a better shot at getting into the tournament than the Michigan team we just talked about?
4: Well, they do because they're they were the first four out, and getting a win tonight. I mean, which counts as to quad one win. Which I I don't understand how, for a team that lost nine straight. Like, how the hell do you get a quad one win with that one? But I, I, a lot smarter people than me understand that because I still don't get that. That makes no sense to me at all, none at all. But again, they took care of business. You had to be, you had to win that game. You know, Ohio State's lost nine straight now. They had eight straight coming into this one, so. If, you, if you're on a bubble and you're a first four out, you just can't do it. And credit to Penn State. They came in, took care of business. Pickett struggled the first half, only had two, came out, closed the show with 21 in the second half, and he closed the game and finished it for him. So, you know, they again, you got to win these games when you're in your big four
3: like that, or a four outside trying to get in. Tyler, do you think Ohio State's quit on the season right now? Man...
2: I, I thought they uh they showed some battle. Yeah. Uh I like Sensenball. Ball. I don't think they quit. Um I think Penn State can get hot. I think Jalen Pickett, once they get going and they start shooting well, they can play with anybody. Uh but no, I don't think Ohio State has quit. But uh it's uh I mean it's hard to make a case that they're um they're playing. I mean, they're not
4: playing well. That's but I don't think they've quit. They've had some injuries too, and credit to those guys. They they started four freshmen tonight. I mean, and those guys they played their tail off. They were right there at the end. I mean, and then Pickett just went to work on the young guys and there was nothing they can do when they got the switches. He went inside. He got going. He just closed the game like he like you expect the all conference guy to be. But the freshmen battled their ass off. I was impressed with the group. I mean, I thought they played well.
3: Yeah, they've got talent. That's the thing. Yeah. I think with with both the Michigan team we just talked about, who was on the right side of the victory column tonight, and then this Ohio State team that's been on the wrong side for two months, like both of these teams to me are, are top half talented teams in this Big Ten Conference, which is a, not even a little bit down. It's a down year in the Big Ten from what we've seen over the last decade. Uh, and I don't know. like I look at what Ohio State did in the non-conference, like – I mean, they were competitive with some better basketball teams than the teams they've seen in conference play, right? Like San Diego State was a pretty good game. They lost that game. Duke at Duke was a pretty good game. They lost that game. But uh, I feel like some of their losses before tonight have really snowballed and I give them credit tonight for making it close, which you would hope they can do against a, a bubble team in Penn State at home. But To me, I I really do feel like a lot of it was just making shots that they haven't made in a couple weeks. Um, I want to ask about Holtman a little broader before we wrap this segment, though, because he's now – I'm going to pull it up to be exact here. I believe this is year six at Ohio State for Chris Holtman. Year one – this is six. I got it up now. So year one, he inherited a couple upperclassmen, Keita Bates-Diop and Jay Sean Tate, who were pretty dang good, 25-9. and Every year since he's won a maximum of 21 games, he's lost a minimum of 10 games. Every team until this year, he's been safely in the tournament, but there hasn't been much of a high ceiling either at the national level or even in the Big Ten. He's been around a fifth place finish every year since he's been here. No sweet 16 appearances in his six years at Ohio State. Uh, Should his seat be hot at this point after one year like this one? You serious? I'm serious, RC. You really believe that? No, I'm just asking. I, I'm just asking. I, I I can't see how. I mean, why? Well, I think based on what they're not
4: we have depleted of the talent. They've had their share of injuries. We just talked about that. Who so are the injuries can't... on this team? Though, just
3: Zed, just that Zed, key, right? Zed.
4: Had, well, he's but it was nagging. It was like a shoulder injury. So even when he was playing, okay. he wasn't healthy. So you can't, you know, for you punishing him for trying to tough it out. And it's the shoulder deal. So, you know, what do you what do you what do you think? I mean, what do you expect from a guy? I'm not saying this to you, but just in general, you know, take it from somebody that's had three shoulder surgeries. When they start giving you trouble, then it's 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 not much you can do. So yeah. it's down year. I mean, and if you and for the people I would say, I know there's a lot of talk about wanting them out of there. For who? Fair. Do
2: you not think that his seat is a little bit warm, though? I mean... But one year you... not making the tournament? Well, they've never made the Sweet 16 either, right?
3: Okay. I think it kind of comes back to, like, like what's what should be the expectation from a fan base of Ohio State basketball? Like, is their expectation to compete at a national level? Because I don't think Holtman has shown signs of that at all, even with the good recruiting classes. I,
4: I, look... I think it's crazy because you're going to you're going to fire him for who. You know what it's like it's like Texas. We talk about we always talk about this with Texas sometimes. All right. You don't want to you want to get rid of one coach. Then you want to get rid of it's <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Who was that? I'm sitting here thinking who was the first coach they got rid of? Shaka? Texas? No, before Shaka. Um Tennessee. Rick, Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes. Yeah, so Barnes. Yeah. you get rid of Rick Barnes and you get rid of Shaka. And both of them have top 15 programs in the country. So what is it? They can't coach? Or is your expectations unrealistic? Like, that's hard as hell. Like, how many teams? We're sitting here right now talking about your current. We never thought Carolina would would be a bubble team. Never thought Carolina would be a bubble team. And we're sitting here talking about being a bubble team. Like, the times have changed. And so, and so to sit here and expect to think that you are like, there's no how many national championships banners are hanging in Ohio State? Are you serious? This ain't football. Like, what are we talking about here? (laughs) Like, like, so getting to the tournament, Ohio State basketball is so great that getting to the tournament every year, giving yourself a chance is like
3: old news. Yeah. it, it, uh, right now, getting to the tournament is old news for <laughs> Ohio State. That's the thing, okay. right? Okay. All right. Well, let's see. All
2: right. I, I think he's under pressure. I mean, it, I, I feel like co- coaches – I mean, coaching changing is happening. I mean, it's it's so quick now. I mean, people expect somebody just to come in and, and win in the first three, four years, but it takes a while to get the, the program turned around. And I've heard, uh, you know, Wes Miller's a good friend of mine, and he says – how hard it is to take a program and build it up to make it a, you know, a competitive and get into the tournament that's at UNCG. Uh, but you know, it takes a while.
3: Yeah, that's fair. I'm not saying he should be gone for the record. I am just asking the question. I think it's a fair one uh, because this year's team, I mean, to me, they should be a lot better than 11 and 17. I mean, they why? great why because because they have a ton of talent from a great recruiting class. I thought he brought in some damn good transfers. And I understand this is a complicated era to build a roster from. You got to pick and choose how you want to do it. But I thought preseason, he checked both of those boxes in a way that should have put this team in position to at least compete in the big 10. And I'm not even saying win the big 10 RC. I'm just saying like have the same year he's had the last five years, 20 and 11 with this roster with Ed keys injuries. That's fine. But man, 14 out of 15 in this big 10.
4: That's, i i just think it's a lot harder than people think it is i and if that okay all, all i say is this with that if this the the seat is so hot after not making the tournament in one year who in the hell wants to come in there and take that job like who the hell you think gonna come in there no it's, it's fair. like it's like we're talking about with texas and i said this you run off rick bonds you run off Shaka. if i'm another coach you would have to give me just stupid guaranteed long term money for me to entertain it so that when you fire my ass, I'm at least be rich.
3: No, it's fair. I don't have a name for you. I have, that's I my have point a point because, because, no, because
4: every time a fan base, if you're talking about a fan base and people do this, like who's taking that job? You're going to have to get him so much money to say, all right, I'm going to go over there. They can fire me, but they're going to give me six mil a year or something crazy. Like, wh- why would you why would you leave? Because if there's no way they're giving that job to an assistant. You got to be winning somewhere else. Like, you can play make-a-wish for a coach. Who's going to take it? Who Who do you want?
3: You're No, RC, you're dead on, and we have to go to break, so we're going to cut there in just a second. But uh, there isn't a name, straight up. There isn't a name that I have in my head that would want the Ohio State job right now that would be an upgrade from Chris Holtman. I will throw this out there. Why are not you swap him back for Thad Mata, man? <laughs> you telling me Butler wouldn't take Chris Holtman back? Ohio State wouldn't take Thad Mata back right now? Yeah, but Just do a little do it, swap, man. man. Just do a little swap. That's all but I'm saying. All right, cool. we're going we're gonna to go to break, guys. Uh, fascinating segment, though, RC. Thank you for playing along with me there. Coming up, we're going to talk about Illinois' incredible comeback tonight against Boo Booey's superstar performance from Northwestern. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. All right, let's get Trevor in here. Trevor, do we got anything going on in the chat after that?
5: Let's see. Lots of arguing. I honestly have not been tracking questions been watching the end of the What are they team. arguing about? Um, right now, they're arguing about Purdue, oddly enough. But oh. maybe that's not so odd. We got a lot of Purdue chatter normally in the chat. Um, I'll just take this one. How far do you guys honestly think Purdue will go? Somebody asked that. In the tournament, that is.
4: I, I can see them getting to the second weekend.
2: You you don't see them making a final four. You don't think they're a final
4: four team. I, I, I don't. I I, I well, I, I think they're good enough to it, but I think they have to answer the riddle of the pressure and what happens when teams kind of slow the game down in front of Zach Eady, he doesn't get the ball. Like the guard play has to be better. They haven't been playing great. I, I think he's the most dominant player and they got a chance. I just teams have been pressuring them, they've been turning it over and the guard play hadn't been strong. I, I I worry about him. I don't, in the tournament, and I worry about them playing against a big that can stretch five big that can pull him out. And when you get out, and you notice when they get out of the Big 10, he's going to face that. Yeah. At some point in the tournament.
3: Yeah. I think that's totally fair. That's I think I'm with argument. you right now. I'd, I'd pack a sweet 16 right now, RC. I would be much more surprised if Purdue made a Final Four than I would be if they lost five in the seconds this weekend. Yeah. welcome back to the field of 68 after dark it's a wild night in the big 10 conference which means i'm right at home gentlemen i love wild nights in the big (laughs) 10 conference Uh, i've got tyler Hansbro with me i've got randolph childress with me we are here live on sirius xm channel 84 the youtube chat is going off right now talking a lot of purdue we're answering questions in the commercial breaks and we'll stick around after the show as well for the afters you can Throw anything you want at these guys, and we'll get those questions answered. Uh, we're going to move to an incredible comeback tonight. Ooh. Illinois chased down the Northwestern Wildcats to get a victory tonight. Northwestern uh, had a huge lead early in this game, essentially from the very start. They were up 37 to 19 at halftime of this game. Illinois outscores them 47 to 25 in the second half uh, and overcame Boo Booey's 35 points tonight for Northwestern in large part, thanks to a great second half from Terrence Shannon. He made four threes in the second half. Uh, Tyler, I'll throw to you first here. This Illinois team has had some of these topsy turvy moments this season. They've had games where they look like talent wise, top five team in the country. They've had games where they look like a non NCAA tournament team. You saw both sides of that coin tonight. When we get to the moment of the season where it matters when it's win or go home, which side of Illinois do you think is more likely to show up?
2: Uh, it's hard to say. And I think they rely on the jump shot too much. Uh, from the times I watch them, if they're not hitting, and tonight it looks like they shot 29% from the three, seven for, let me see here. What's it say? 24. Uh, yeah, seven for 24, which it's not great. It's a lot. Of, I mean. I I don't know. I mean, I I watched them. uh, I was really disappointed when they got blown out by Mizzou in St. Louis. Uh, I've kind of watched them go up and down, spend a peak and Valley year for them. Uh, I'm not really sold on them, but I think if they get the momentum and they get rolling, uh, I mean, they can play with anybody, but I'm not, I'm not sold on Illinois being
4: a deep tournament team. RC, what about you? I won't disagree with that. I mean, they'll they'll get in. I I would like to see, you know, piggybacking off of you know Tyler's words. I I would like to see Danger touch the ball in the post a little bit more, play through him a little bit. When you're not hitting, you know, you go a couple of possessions and you're not making shots. You know, um, Shannon, you know, second half of the game stepped up, carried him, showed what we thought he was as a player and. Credit to those guys. They've been through a lot this year early on. You know, we heard rumors about the locker room, guard play, everything that was going, a lot of distractions there, and they seem to have figured things out. And credit to them, credit to the coaches and the staff. I mean, that's that's a, you know, their team is sitting pretty good right now. They're in the top half, top five of the league, and they're headed to the tournament. And, you know, once you get in, you just figure it out.
3: Yeah, I don't think there's too many coaches in the country that can totally pivot the direction of their team from what it's supposed to be preseason to what it becomes mid season successfully than Brad Underwood has in the past couple of years. Like uh, I think back to, I think it was last year that like preseason, Brad would tell everyone who would listen, this is Andre Curbelo's team. And then a month and a half into the season, he was coming off the bench and they had a totally different identity and they were the best team in the big 10 for stretches of last season. And I think that's sort of happened again this year. Not to make it specifically about the the transfer who who left the program and Sky Clark, but um, you know I think they've just had to kind of redefine their identity multiple times. Sometimes it's been Terrence Shannon's going to be our everything. Sometimes it's going to be we're going to really feature Matthew Meyer offensively. Dane Danger, like you said, has come into his own and been a lot more featured as an element of their offense and. Um, The thing that strikes me about them right now is they do have so many different ways they can beat you like three of them. I just mentioned Coleman Hawkins haven't even mentioned him. He's a triple double threat some games, but um, I don't know that having so many different ways to beat you is necessarily better than we have one way to beat you, but we know what that way is and we build our entire identity off it. That's what scares me a little bit about Illinois. You're, you're if, rolling your eyes at me on that. No, RC. no, no,
4: no, no, no. no. I, I, when you say many ways, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that they don't have that dude, so they gotta play that way. Terrence Shannon's so, not
3: that dude. He's been damn good this year, man. He, he's good. I'm not saying he's not, but
4: he he can struggle some from the perimeter. Tonight he didn't. He was four or five from three. He shot well. He played well tonight. But this is the same same team that had 19 points at the half. Yeah, it looked like it was gonna get blown out of the building. I, I, I just think that what you're talking about is just coaching. It's just like, hey, let's see what we got. You know, your t- his team has changed. You had Sky Clock there at one point in time. You probably thought you were gonna play one away, and then you get there, and it's like, this ain't working out. And then we got to adapt. You know, you, you talk about playing through Kofi last year and everything, you know, change, and Now you got a whole new team, a whole new identity. It's not, it's different. than like you said, I'm just, I pick on Carolina again when you came in, it was like, Hey, we running this system It's work. We know it works. You come in, you do this job, you know, it works. It's different than, all right, now these guys are leaving. It, you can do that when you got dudes coming in like that every year, but when you don't, you got to figure it out.
2: Yeah. I think there's one thing about being roles defined and coming out there and knowing what you do and, you know, it, it's it's not really good all the time to come out there. All right, let's see who's good. Who who's going to show up tonight? Um, if you have a system and you know how to play, then other guys and other things can step in, and you know, uh, you know consistently what you're going to get on a night in, night out basis.
3: Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I think you just said what I was trying to say much better than I did, Tyler. So I appreciate (laughs) you for the assist there. Uh, I want to flip to Northwestern before we have to go to break here because I really came into this show. I'll be quite honest with you. I was hoping and expecting we were going to talk about a Northwestern victory, because I have a massive crush on this team. And with how good they played in the first half, I was ready to, to hang the banner and talk about their potential in the NCAA tournament and how special this is, blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting here in a boo booy Northwestern jersey right now, people. I got to throw my crazy comparison at these guys. I told them pre-show I was going to whip it out. Tyler, there's a, a backcourt that boo boo and Chase Audiz remind me of. You got any guesses what that might be? Don't do it. It's R.J. Davis just, and Caleb Love. They remind me of a man. Listen, these guys are off the leash. They are just willingly allowed. And it honestly, everyone wants them to go win games with them shooting 20 times a game each. And they've been historically inefficient guys. But man, when they get hot and they're both cooking at the same time, I don't think anybody in the Big Ten can beat this team. And that maybe that's not saying a lot, but like that matters in March, man
2: hey they're ranked uh you know and and um that's a that's a whole different comparison. I hate comparisons but um you know it's um the problem is I don't think they have a big like Armando and no. so when you I I think they're they rely more on those two players than what I mean Carolina, You know, they can, RJ and Caleb can have an off night. Armando can step in and have a big night. Uh, Northwestern doesn't have that, but Northwestern has been exciting to watch. They get up and down, they run, they play hard, which um,
4: is exciting to watch as well. They're better defensively than Carolina. I think that's the best way to say They're a better defensive team, and that's why they can, that's why they're winning. And their guards are just closing games. They're just better defensively
3: yeah that's absolutely true and i think audige is a very very large part of that with how good he's been as a two-way player this year uh, a lot of growth from those two because i tell you what guys i watch a lot of big ten basketball i have seen teams built around boo and chase Audige lose a lot of basketball games nobody would have picked years.
4: those guys or boo boo to be first team all big ten and i i think that's a foregone
3: conclusion right now yeah i mean He's definitely in the conversation for that fifth spot, for sure. You got the bigs everybody talks about, that fifth spot. There's going to be a choice between Jameer Young, Maryland, Boo -Boo Booey, Northwestern right now. Uh, Terrence Shannon probably in the mix for that fifth spot, too. So I think you're right, RC. You know where my vote's going. It's the guy whose jersey I'm wearing right now, okay? You got the wrong number on, on, man.
4: Get out of here. You got the wrong number on. He's number four now.
3: After the loss, I don't think they're going back to four, RC. We'll see about that. We'll see. Uh, all right, coming up, we're going to move to to the conference that these two know and love, the ACC. Bunch of bubble teams in that conference right now, including Tyler Hansbrough's own, North Carolina Tar Heels, including the Clemson Tigers, Terrence Oglesby's own. We're going to break down how those teams have helped and or hurt themselves in the last week. That's next on After Dark. You're clear. All right, let's get Trevor back in here. What's up, Trevor?
5: Does uh, let's see, Mitchell says, does the Big Ten have the worst guards out of any power conference in the country?
3: No, because Boo is in it. <laughs> Dumb questions. <You're> young Boo boo <laughs>
4: Um. See, I like Dougie. I, I don't. I know. I'm not not as a scorer, but I like him. He's coming along, man.
3: He's tough. I'm gay. I like. I mean, I like the guards. Yeah, you got Michigan State backcourt. Chucky Hepburn's had good games. I mean, I I don't know. I think every good conference has good guards, so that's a tough question to answer.
4: Yeah, the conference can't be as good as we we say it is without solid guard play. Yeah. And if Indiana had Xavier Johnson and Huchifino, I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. Yuli wants some
5: Jalen Pickett love. He says, does Jalen Pickett deserve to be in the Big Ten Player of the Year conversation?
4: No. No. 30 seconds. He's, he's all conference, but Player of the Year? No. Yeah, I mean, you
3: can't. He'll can't, get can't, some he'll, votes. He'll get some votes. Yeah, if that's what he's asking for. <laughs> I, I think he'll get zero votes for Player of the Year. If that's if the that important time. Is there, is there a Penn State a, writer vote? He'll get votes. Yeah, what are, what are we going to do? Somebody in Pennsylvania vote Pickett's awesome Ten. for the record. Uh, I absolutely love him. And, I mean, he went one-on-one, destroyed Bryce Sensenbaugh, and baseline tonight. We mattered, so
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Welcome back to the field of 68 after dark. I'm laughing right now uh, because our YouTube chat, who we love by the way, wanted some love for Jalen Pickett. And it just resulted in me and RC just shutting down yeah. his chances for big Ten player of the year. Hey, we keep it honest here at the field of 68 after dark. That's what we have to do when we are live with Randolph Childress, with Tyler Hansbro and with myself, Greg Waddell uh, guys, we're going to move to the ACC next here, And we're going to talk about a couple different teams, uh, that are on the bubble, a couple teams that aren't on the bubble, but teams that have helped and or hurt themselves in the last week right now. Let's start with North Carolina. Tyler, we obviously are going to go to you here first. We've asked you about this team a bunch of times this year, and I feel like the last few weeks it's starting, to, it's starting to dwindle. Like hope is starting, the light at the end of the tunnel is growing smaller and smaller a little bit, and then they survive that game against Notre Dame. I mean, I think it would be fair to say you lose that game to Notre Dame. All of a sudden, you are out of that picture. Right now, they're still firmly on the bubble. I'm sure that's what our bracketology guys are going to tell us when we do the show tomorrow. Uh, but let's just start broadly. Where are you at with North Carolina right now? Are you happy with how this team is playing? Do you think they should be further ahead of where they are?
2: Uh, no, I'm not happy. Do I think they should uh, be farther along? Absolutely. I mean, the preseason number one team in the country. and I don't think anybody... uh You know, it's Carolina fans or in the program really satisfied uh, currently. But um, they are a bubble team right now, in my opinion. But it doesn't mean that uh, they're going to have their opportunities. They have two quad one uh, opportunities coming up, uh, Virginia at home. Then they have Duke at home, uh, both games favored uh, by Ken Palm. And then they have Florida State on the road. Uh, So they're going to have their chances, but they cannot lose – to Florida State, uh at Florida State, I think that yeah, you know, road has been the road has been a difficult uh task for North Carolina. I think we're three and seven on road games. Uh so we go up to Notre Dame and the first half was just awful. Uh the guys' body language, they came out, they had zero assist at halftime. And they've done that before. And I've always wondered if they're gonna go a whole game without having one assist, which would be really impressive. Uh, but they did come out in the second half and they their body language got better and it looked like they were competing. And for me, I can take losses. Uh, but if you lose the right way and you compete and you share the ball and the chemistry is going the right way, I mean, I'm fine with losing. But it doesn't seem like we've, we've been clicking at times and guys have been excited to play basketball. Uh, it's just kind of been one of those years where it just doesn't seem like everybody's really on the same page right now. Uh, so it's, you know, it's been tough.
4: Kyle, I got a question for you as as an alum. Do you bring them back? I think everybody's eligible to come back, but Licky Black, like, is that, is that from what you see, do you bring it back? If, if you wanted to bring everybody, if Amondo said he's coming back, if Caleb Love, RJ Davis, all, everyone said they wanted to come back. Do you bring this group back?
2: Absolutely. I think once you have more talent, you bring them back, uh, Maybe they figure it out, and you know I don't think this team has handled success well, and that's a whole different mindset is when you're ranked number one versus trying to be number one, uh, to me, to maintain that and stay and live up to expectations is a, a, a much more difficult task. Uh, but I think that uh, what this team needs is a little more fluidity in where they share the ball. I've always said if they get high assist and they're sharing the ball and they're playing with – with energy and effort. I think this team's very uh, tough to beat, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, at times it doesn't look like that's what's going on.
3: Tyler, you were the face of arguably the most talented group this sport has seen in decades. And I don't think there's a comparison from a talent standpoint, so I don't want to do that. I want to choose my words carefully here. But there's a reason this team was the number one team in the country preseason, right? It was because, oh, they did bring everybody back from the team that made the run. These are all very talented individual players. They did add a guy who I think is very talented in Pete Nance. He's not Brady Manic, but he was one of the top players that hit the transfer portal this season. Is it just like a too many cooks in the kitchen thing? Is it differing personalities or I guess is there any comparison to going back to your day? When you're looking around that locker room and seeing a bunch of NBA guys everywhere, but, I mean, you guys did not have these struggles. Watching your team, it looked like there was a level of unselfishness to it almost. Is that fair to say there's a difference there, and why do you think there is that difference?
2: I think kids are putting too much pressure on themselves, and I think they're putting too much pressure on themselves to score. Uh, And uh, there's much more to the game off the ball movement, playing defense. It looks like everyone's living and dying by shots. And, you know, if if I were, you know, looking at it and I don't have much, you know, I'm not inside or trying to gather information, but uh, if they were just to stay in that locker room and start acting like they enjoy the game and playing with, you know, a little more, you know, effort and it looks like their body language got a little better and start fighting for each other. I think the season would turn around. This season is not over, and a lot of people are, are uh, you know, it, there's a lot of negativity because it is Carolina. They haven't lived up to the expectations, so it's easy to point that out. But there's some there's some big opportunities coming up, and they could win. They could win outright in the regular season and then make a little deep uh, ACC tournament run. And, and I don't even think they're a bubble team. I think they're in. And if they get clicking and to get it figured out, there's no reason this team can't make a deep run. I mean, just like they did last year. Is Hubert the right guy for the job? Absolutely. I mean, you know, first year he goes to the final four, almost wins the national championship. If he won last year, we wouldn't even be having this question. Uh, you know, I, I don't think this is on Hubert at all. I think Hubert's done a great job. Uh, it's actually pretty early to give him a, you know, a evaluation at this point in year two. Uh, let's see what he does with some, you know, some of these recruits coming in. He has a great recruiting class coming in. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's, a, it's awful early just to, to start questioning that.
3: RC, do you agree? I mean, that's this is right back into our conversation again, right? Like, this is stupid to have this so early. I think it is. I mean, yeah. I tell you what, how many schools would take a national
4: championship one rebound away from winning it and then sitting here right now with questioning whether they're in the bubble or whatever? I mean, they're, they're right there. They got, like you said, they got two quad one wins to go. And we're questioning whether he's the right guy for the job. Like, come on, man. He got the number one 24 recruiting class in the country right now. Like, what, like, what are we talking
3: about? Yeah. I think there's a difference to uh, comparing what we did having this conversation two segments ago with a guy in year six versus comparing it with a guy in year two um, and a guy in year two, by the way. But no, who- no,
4: no, 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 no. The difference was there's a difference because Carolina, it's about hanging banners. There's a yeah. difference. There's na- that's a Fair. national championship place. So when you go there, you look at them jerseys, you know, it's like, Hey, I, I want to be a part of something. That's why all the expectations from this group is because this group was, was close to joining that. And I get now because the betting and the fans and everything else, but some of these programs, like there ain't no banners up there. You don't even have conference championship banners. And then you firing coaches like, man, get out of here. Like, stop it. Like like there's levels to this. It ain't a whole lot of Carolinas out there. Like, like, like stop this foolishness.
3: (laughs) It's a great point. It's a great point. I'm glad you made it. It's a fantastic point. We should not ever put Ohio State basketball and North Carolina basketball in the same sentence. Just should not. Um, The only other thing I would add to the the Hubert being the quote unquote right guy conversation here, you earn yourself leeway, one, with a national championship appearance so early, but two, when you extinguish the career of Coach K. Like, that matters, okay? Like, come back to me in two years, maybe, if we're still in this exact spot where we're out of the bubble. But this was not just like, oh, he made the tournament, whatever. No, he sent Coach K packing. Coach K is now on the sidelines, and he will never be able to say he beat Carolina in his final game at Cameron or in the final four with a national title appearance on the line. That absolutely matters, and no one can forget that. Let's move on from Carolina quickly before we have to go back to break. Um let's talk Pittsburgh. They're currently a 10 seed in our bracket right now. You guys got a chance to sit down with Jamarius Burton. We're going to air that interview in just a couple moments, but before we do, RC, is Pitt safely in the field to you right now? I think they're in. They can't have a
4: collapse. But they're 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 going to do what they've done all year. They're a tough team. They're a good team. Their guard play is as good as anybody in the country. Because they're deep and they got a closer. I mean, Burton is the real deal. If you hadn't seen him play this year, you, you're missing out. I mean, he's a closer. And they're going to be a tough out for someone because they defend their tails off, and they got four guards that four different guys that can beat you off the dribble and create, and they all can make shots.
3: Tyler, what do you like about Pittsburgh?
2: Yeah, I like I like Burton in the eye test when they beat Carolina twice. Uh, I thought they're a tough team. The thing that I can't figure out is the net the net rankings that the NCAA puts out. How are they? No one can. 53, but Carolina's 45, and they beat Carolina twice. I, I just can't understand that. And, you know, I look down here, and they have a quad four loss. That concerns me, uh, which not many teams do. Uh, but, you know, if I'm watching them
4: play, I think Pittsburgh is a tournament team. It's not really a question to me. That's a conversation we gotta have at some point. But the thing I, right, they they started out they were one in three. They had some bad losses early in the year, so that was their quad four loss. But people often say, oh, when someone is injured, the committee is gonna take that into consideration. There's no way you can look at this pit team and see what they're doing now and then question it. And like they're barely getting in, like it's ridiculous. And that's the one thing I will say. I think that some of these other leagues, and and I know it's it's you know was off topic here, but it's like the Big Twelve. We were sitting here the other night talking about. I think it's West Virginia and we're like oh my god they they you know these type of teams are in or you know it's uh Texas Tech w- was the record they were like 5 and 10 like how the hell are you in the tournament in your you won a third of your games like, like so unless unless you are telling me the Houston Rockets and the Lakers and the Warriors are playing in that conference like get the like get the come on man you got <laughs> so they, unless they're in that conference no conference is that damn good that you can win a third of your games and be a bubble team. Man, stop it.
3: Yeah, I, I think you have a very fair point, RC. All right, we are, uh, we're we're going to air the interview that I mentioned that we have. Tyler and RC got to sit down with Pittsburgh's Jamarius Burton. Here's that interview right now.
1: Now, please All right, be- joined by Jamarius Burton. It's been a while, my man. We talked a little bit when you were back at Wichita. Two years at Wichita – We talked when you went to Texas Tech, a year there. Now you're in your second year at Pittsburgh. What's the journey been like for you? I mean, I feel like it was like 10 years ago that we talked. Yeah, definitely. It's been a while. Um,
6: Right now, I just feel blessed, you know, to finally have a home um, to be and at the right place at the right time around, you know, the right kind of people, you know, coaches, players, um, down to the managers and everybody that's a part of it.
2: Jamarius, uh, hey, you're a North Carolina guy and you handed it to my Tar Heels this year twice in Pitt and you came into the Smith Center and had 31 on us. Do you get excited to go against the Tar Heels or or Duke the NC the NC teams or uh, what's up with that?
6: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely get, um, you know, excited for the opportunity to play against, you know, some some um, rivals and some, you know, great teams you know um that i grew grew up watching back home so um it was fun you know to be able to compete against you know the teams that i was watching you know growing up in charlotte
1: north carolina and and never recruited you i assume um in the portal in the portal there you go but not out of high school yeah jb
4: what turned around for you guys this year i mean no one picked you to be in the position you're in right now And you guys were obviously right there competing for a regular season title, playing as well as anyone in the league. What's 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 water to turn around?
6: Yeah, um, I just feel like regardless of the ups and downs, we've continued to stay together. You know, we've continued to follow coaches' lead and continue to pull in the right direction. Um, early on, we had suffered, you know, a couple tough losses, three three loss stretch that you know kind of Um, Punched us a little bit, but we went back to the drawing board. We continue to stay together um, throughout this run, and it's paid off.
1: Yeah, you were one in three to start the season. I think a lot of people don't remember that. Um, Yeah. You know, obviously, you guys also had two guys, you know, Dior Johnson was supposed to come in as a freshman, and you know, a highly rated guy. Hughley was supposed to be the guy this year, and you didn't really have either one of them all year. It's really right. been done with transfers. You know, you a couple of years ago, Nellie Cummings, obviously has done a great job transferring from the, the Patriot League. Blake Henson, we don't even remember him. I mean, he was out of college basketball for a year. What, right. what did you think when you kind of saw this team put together in the offseason? My guess is you didn't know these dudes at all.
6: Um, no, I didn't. Um, I had a little run in with them, you know, prior to them coming over here. I played um, Blake when he was at Old Miss. And when I played at Wichita State, I played Nelly last year here um, when he came back um, for Colgate. So I just had a little familiarity with everybody's games. And then we just got together this offseason, you know, leading to the season. And we just was able to develop some genuine relationships that's carried over to the court. Uh,
2: Jamarius, you guys are a half game uh, out of leading the ACC, uh, taking first place. You're at Syracuse, or you have Syracuse. You're at Notre Dame, and then you're at Miami. What would it mean to to Pitt for you guys uh, to win the regular season ACC title?
6: Yeah, um, it would mean a lot. You know, um, for this program to have um, been, you know, losing for the past couple of years for us to you know, be able to galvanize as a unit, um, you know, to really create a culture, a family culture, and to be able to, you know, finish it off on top would mean a lot.
4: Let's talk about you individually. You know what the team goals are that I hadn't changed. I know your coach. I know the type of leader he is and what you guys have done for him. Let's talk about you. I, mm-hmm. If I, I I will have a vote and I got you as first team all ACC and you, you're right there in the Player of the year argument. Is that important to you? Just speaking for yourself, I know you're not supposed, you know, teams to say, hey, don't focus on it. But for where you've come from, your story, this team, is it, is, mm-hmm. is it more motivation for you for that, like, player of the year or ACC championship or anything? Like, how do you feel about the individual goals for you?
6: Uh, I mean, as it pertains to me, I always said that um, I'd get what what I deserve, you know, as long as my team wins. And that's always been my priority. Um, and as you can see through my play, it it differs from the night, you know, and it's whatever my team needs for me to be able to get us, you know, to put us in the best chance to win. And I've been um pretty consistent pretty consistent with that all year. And I just just, you know, look forward to continue to try to carry that over down the stretch.
1: Jameis Burton. Uh thanks, man. Thanks for joining us after dark. Yeah,
3: We're going to go straight to break, but coming up, we're going to talk about who the best in the West is in college basketball on After Dark. All right, let's get Trevor back in here. Trevor, it's been a while. I think I I turned it over instead of getting the wide-open assist on going to break there. That's on me. Uh, What questions we got in the chat right now? That's okay,
5: Greg. Sometimes you pull a Coleman Hawkins. Sometimes you pull a Boo Booey. Um, Somebody... (laughs) Somebody did ask in the chat when you guys were talking about tournament teams, they said, do you guys think that there should be a cap on the number of teams a conference can get in? They mentioned the Big 12, you know, having as many as 10 in the discussion, the Big 10 having as many as 10 in the discussion.
3: No. That's tough. That's tough.
4: No. I, I, I don't think it should be a cap, but I do have a problem with, like we talked about. I don't I don't think any league is that strong where you can be 5 and 10 I mean, five and 15 or something like that and be a bubble team, you know, that's where I'm like, stop it. No league is that damn good.
3: I think that's what's interesting with those two that we just used as a comp here, though, like in the Big Ten right now, you've got looking at it, you have ten teams between second and 11th that are all six losses to nine losses. Like not much separates those. Whereas in the big 12, like there's a very clear top shelf. And then you've got like Texas tech and West Virginia who are both on the bubble at five and 10 in their conference. That's the one that feels a little weird to me. Like I think you're saying RC is like, you got to get that conference record up a little bit, but it's so hard to do in the big 12. Here we go. Welcome back to the Field of 68 after dark. Fourth quarter time, gentlemen. We are into the stretch run here. We got Tyler Hansbro. We got Randolph Childress. I'm Greg Waddell. Uh, we're going to talk who's the best in the West. We got three teams in, actions right, in action right now. Excuse me. We have Gonzaga beating San Diego. We have UCLA ahead of Utah. We have St. Mary's beating Pacific right now. We also have a fourth team, Arizona. They're not in action tonight, but they weren't insertion into the discussion here i have a very simple question i want both of your answer to this who's the best team out of that group of four who's the one team you would take come march when it matters most gonzaga ucla arizona or saint mary's tyler let's go to you first
2: ucla uh and I, i like mick cronin i think they've had uh you know deep runs uh two years ago i think final four last year lead eight uh, I like their players. I think they play tough. They're big defensive uh, mindset. So I got to go with UCLA.
4: Yeah, I agree. I don't know how you, how do you not go with UCLA? I mean, there's experience here. There's, there's deep tournament run experience <clears throat> here. They, they seem to be getting healthy at the right time, getting everybody back. I I just like their team with clock and Singleton. I, I, I you know, I, we talked about the guard play. We always know. What about Tiger Campbell and those guys? I, I I think their depth, the biggest thing is they got a defensive mindset. So no matter who doesn't play well offensively, they're going to lock up and, and play physical, you know, and get after you defensively. So they're a team that I think that
3: wouldn't surprise me at all if they end up in Houston. How far off is Arizona for both of you from UCLA? Is there like a clear separation between those two teams?
2: If like we've talked about, uh, you know, they're bigs. You know, I could see them getting pulled out against a team that runs a lot, uh, make them guard. Uh, on the perimeter, we talked about that with uh, Purdue earlier. But that's only a concern. But, no, I don't think Arizona's too far off. I think they're capable of a deep run. I, I actually like
4: Arizona a lot. I like them. I just think they're a step – you know, they're, they're they're step below If I had to pick, like I said, my preference would be UCLA. I, You know, Arizona, can they're going to score. They're good. I mean – they're, they play a unique style, in a sense, playing with the traditional two bigs. We've talked about that in nausea about that. I mean, you know, when you get in small ball lineups, that's a problem. But their bigs are damn good, and they're going to be a tough ass out.
3: So here's what scares me about UCLA relative to Arizona. I think we've seen Arizona rise up in the best games they've played this season. I mean, you look at their losses at Utah, at Oregon, home to Washington State, at Stanford. None of those are good losses. I'm not saying that's a a good thing to have those losses, but you look at their wins, man, San Diego state and Creighton on a neutral Tennessee UCLA. Like they have beaten some great teams this year. You flip to UCLA. As of right now, UCLA has beaten two teams this season that are firmly in the NCAA tournament, Maryland. That win was great. They went to Maryland and absolutely stomped them. And then Kentucky on a neutral floor, you know, a couple weeks ago, we weren't sure Kentucky was in the tournament. Does that scare you at all, RC, that like we just really haven't seen UCLA beat the elites yet this year? They struggled early,
4: right? I mean, they came up, they, they struggled early in the year. And, and so uh, we know what their identity is. Let's say that we know the head coach. We know what their identity is. And that's what we're banking on. That, that, that's what we're talking about. When you talk about certain coaches, you know, their identity. They've responded since then. They've won six straight. Um, Some of that is, again, what's hurt the conference when people talk about it. They consider the Pac-12 is not necessarily strong. I know USC is a team that was right there in that group of, you know, who's right there on the bubble as well. And so I I just like what they have. They got guys that they're tough. They defend. They're battle-tested. I just think when it comes all said and done, they'll be right there in the end.
3: Okay. I really want to see them get that last game of the season. They host Arizona right now. UCLA has a two game lead on the PAC 12 regular season race. Uh, It may or may not matter at that point. If they can win out up until then, they've already had it clinched. but I'd really like to see them just beat a team that I, I can tell is going to be a team that could make a final four. I think that would matter and build some momentum for them. All right. If we remove UCLA and Arizona from that conversation, uh, let's just look at Gonzaga and St. Mary's. This is the first year in a very long time where Gonzaga has not led this conference from wire to wire. Right now, they are a game back of the Gales. Which one of these two teams are you taking in March? Same question, but flip it. St. Mary's or Gonzaga? RC, what's your
4: answer?
3: I'm only going to say
4: Gonzaga because of Drew Timmy. Only because of Drew Timmy, I, I I I want to say St. Murray so bad, but I really do. I but because of Drew Timmy is why that's the only reason why I'm leaning toward
3: Gonzaga. That, that that's I'm just the only, I'd be lying if I said anything different. Tyler, that's a pretty good answer. Can I offer you some Aiden Mahaney as a counterpoint?
2: No, I'm going Gonzaga. <laughs> I like Drew Timmy too much. Uh, old school big man. He's got great moves. Uh, I also like Mark Few a lot, and that's not a knock. Uh, on St. Mary's, but they do have two quad three losses and I know they don't play in the toughest conference and I I can't figure the quad system out uh, either, but that says something.
3: Yeah, you're right. It does. Uh, I'll be, I mean, must watch television, right? For that final game of the regular season when St. Mary's has to go at Gonzaga with a share of that conference title on the line for the first time in a very, very long time. I think you can make an argument. It might be a stupid argument, RC, and Lord knows I make a lot of stupid arguments, but I think you can make an argument that this Gonzaga team, not being the consensus number one overall seed heading into the NCAA tournament, might free some things up for them a little bit, just from a pressure standpoint. This is the first time in Drew Timmy's, really his whole career, he's not coming in like with all these expectations of winning a national title per se this year. Uh, It would be something... If this Gonzaga team with a great coach, with a lot of talent, was the team that actually did uh, get back to that national championship game like they did a couple years ago. All right, guys, uh, this was a great show. I really appreciate you. shout-out to everybody watching. We love our listeners. We're going to stick around for the afters. Jump into the YouTube comments if you want to ask us some questions. Uh, A big night in the Big Ten, and we had a blast. For Tyler Hansbro, for Randolph Childress, my name is Greg Waddell, and we'll see you this weekend on After Dark. Andrew, Clerk. on one boys I'm still devastated boo-boo we lost I'm not gonna lie now that we're off that series, messed your money XAM. up
4: man that messed your money up right yeah like, you we we put can't put be playing with
3: money. the money RC we can't yeah, be playing you, with can't, yeah,
4: you got a reason to be mad I'm you very conflicted
5: money. about my team ruining a a uh field of 68 sponsored 20 to one parlay
3: I'll tell you who's happy that that result happened though. bet rivers the great people at bet <laughs> rivers they're They're pretty happy with us that we didn't get that one right. Uh, They did cover,
2: though. They're seven and a half favorites, right?
3: They covered. Yeah, Wildcats did cover. That's true. Uh, Yeah, You know, we can hang our hats on that. All right, I can sleep happy in my boo-boo jersey tonight knowing that we covered. That's fine. Trevor, let's get to the chat again. What questions we got?
5: Uh, Let's see. George said, what did you guys make of Memphis winning tonight? Kendrick was back and scored 19. Do you still think they're a tournament threat?
3: Yes.
4: Kendrick Davis is there. What do you guys think? When you say tournament threat, you mean what? Like to make a to go to Houston or something? Either way, I like him. So I, I was the one arguing. <laughs> so when I get Goodman, wait till I find Goodman. When I get to Goodman, we, I'm going to argue about him. You didn't yeah. like his whole uh, his No, whole no this I week? didn't like his take. And I told him I didn't like his take on that. Todd, did you hear his, his comment? No, I didn't. Goodman
3: said um, that Penny should be... Is, what, is, what did he say? What did he say what, how is exactly? He say? Was it Penny? I'm going uh, to pull the exact quote up just so we don't uh, misquote the great Jeff Goodman here. But it was something, man. I, I mean, I did, it was I did like, a double take it. was
5: basically that. like, at what point do you start questioning if Penny's the guy there? Was more Yeah,
3: basically like questioned if Penny should be the head coach at Memphis. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? <laughs> his his exact words were, if you are Memphis, are you okay with being on the bubble every year? And then the caption of the tweet was: "Is Penny still the right guy for the Tigers?"
4: <laughs> he only have a comment on it. <laughs>
2: they, hey, these coaches, man, we got to quit putting these coaches on the hot seat after you know a bad midseason. I, I don't know. I mean, Memphis, and they're in, in the dance. Open. They're gonna be in the dance. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think their faces said it all. I think uh, we also need to get RC on some sort of committee. You should lead a committee on.
4: Hey, you know, hey coaches. I'm serious. Right, i serious. I want to know. Like, I, I want to know what the hell this what, what the nets and everything else is going on, because <laughs> it's going to change even next year for like the Big Twelve. Everyone's talking about the Big Twelve now. Now that's going to change because they're going to add the, the team, so it's it's not going to be home and away anymore it's not going to be round robin anymore now what now it's going to be just like the same issues that everybody else having they're going to have so if, you, if you're one of them teams and you got to play kansas twice texas twice and baylor twice like come on or you're going to be a team that's going to be like oh you know we're going to play west virginia texas tech like twice i like, guess that's, that's we got to get a better explanation for the net. I, I just don't. I'm waiting on somebody to give me a better <laughs> Wait, Waiting on an answer. I'm Sorry. waiting on an answer. I'm hoping one of you two was going to tell me. Like, explain it to how I down. mean,
2: when Carolina beat Ohio State, that was a quad one win on a neutral court. Now that Ohio State's kind of dropped off, it's not even a quad one. That's why we're so- quad one-less.
4: And see, I don't I don't understand it because my thing is this, if I beat you at some point, like all I hear is like the committee's going to take in consideration what a record is going to be or what you were injuries or whatever. Well, if I beat you and you were top 25, then it should be a quad one win at a time. And then now because something injuries, whatever else happens and you're not the same team come March. It's a quad two, a quad three. Just like tonight. How the hell is Penn State beating Ohio State, a team that lost fourteen to fifteen, and that's a quad one win? Like, come on, man.
3: Like, I think on. our boy, our boy come Ken on. Palm, has to answer for some sins with Ohio State, man. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've seen a team Sir. be so so off in the Sir. metrics from what the product is in uh in all my years of watching college basketball. It's crazy. That's criminal. Because people's
4: jobs is on the line and, and that counts as there's no way in hell a a team can lose 14 or 15 games and it's a quad one win because you beat
3: them at the blank stop. Yeah. Like, come on. No, not good. Uh, For the record, Ohio State has fallen all the way down to 70th on Ken Palm. That's the first time they have cracked the 70s. Uh, Just a month ago, gentlemen, they were 20th in the country on Ken Palm. They have fallen 50 spots in the span of a month. That's what happens when you lose 14 out of 15 games. All right, Trevor, what else we got? Yeah,
5: I've never understood, by the way, why if you beat a quad one team, it doesn't just lock in as a quad one win if the team then loses. But I digress. Um, let's see. Kyle said, if you're a coach, would you rather have 20 blowout wins or 20 close games going into the tournament?
3: Because of what we just talked about is blowouts, right? It's net. Net. You got to <laughs> yeah. win blowouts because of the net. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. But change the system. That's what we're, that's what we're saying. We're saying change the system. Unless 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 I
4: got twenty Big Twelve close wins. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what would be like like who's the team that just has grinded out all these like miraculous wins this year? I'm trying to think of like a high major team. Is there anybody in the ACC?
5: I'm going to find the luckiest team on Ken Palm That's a high major. They've got it, it.
3: might shit. It might be Providence again. Standby. I know they've started losing, but like. <laughs> I think for a while, it was Providence.
5: Okay, guess the luckiest high major team in the country. It is a tournament team. SEC.
4: Ooh. Tennessee. No. Uh,
3: No, A&M. No. It it can't be Kentucky, can it? Alabama. No. Is it Kentucky? We haven't said oh, it yet. It's yeah.
5: Auburn? It's Missouri.
2: Whoa. Their net ranking is, is lower than UNC, too. I can't figure that out. Oh, there you go. That would be
3: the luck component. Okay. They had
5: two overtime wins and I think nine single-digit wins,
4: if I'm counting correctly. Wow. Trevor, you're just pulling this out of your hat, man. What are you <laughs> talking about? You're just making this shit up. I like, promise what you I'm not here? making it up.
3: Trevor's in his bag right now. That's what that is. He's uh, he's got us on an island right now. He's just rocking us back and forth right now. It's special. Okay. All right. Let
5: let's get a couple more. Yeah. Uh, Brady says, ask Tyler what the best post move in college basketball is.
2: Hmm. Man, um, I like an old fashioned, uh, just a jump hook, a deep seal jump hook. I don't see that enough. Uh, but post move, I would say a rip spin back to your off hand.
3: Who's got the best deep seal hook in the country this year?
2: Hunter Dickinson's pretty good at it. Uh, let me see here. The the young kid for Duke, actually when he gets good position down low, he's kind of old school. Um Which one, Filipowski or young young, young oh. the transfer from Northwestern. Yeah. He doesn't score a lot, but when he gets a deep seal, he's he's all right. Um
4: Zach Eady does a good job. I think he concedes too much space.
2: Yeah, Edie, Edie does real good.
5: All right, this one comes in from Rob Doster. Not sure who that is. Should Greg be fired for mushing the Field of 68 Best Bets Parlay? Yes, hell yes, <laughs> or he owes Rob the winning? That's our Get YouTube Get him, Rob.
3: This is not shit. I want to actually read uh, straight from my text messages with Rob Doster. <laughs> Uh, in the last couple of hours here, I first of all, this morning, like first thing in the morning, I sent him Big Ten Road Warriors Parlay, Michigan, Northwestern, Penn State, all to cover, which, by the way, if he had just taken to cover that hits, by the way. So I'm pointing the fingers back at you, Rob. Oh. Doster. you're the one that went money line here. I responded to that text after Michigan won the game because Rob's gone radio silent on me. I responded to that text. I said four words. I said i want a raise northwestern then immediately blew an 18 point lead illinois comes back to win uh and my final text to rob after saying that was i want a demotion so i'll take a demotion maybe not a firing rob but i i will willingly accept a demotion here
5: man uh will said nick smith dropped 26 points on 14 shots how much does he change arkansas's ceiling in the tournament
4: What do you guys take it? <laughs> He's good. Like I don't know what you expect to say. Like shit. Like he? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> I still think you know. I I don't know. I, I don't. I I like their team. I don't know how deep they're gonna run it. I just don't feel as much the way I felt about them early in the year.
2: Yeah, I think when Brazil went down, I think that really kind of yeah, killed their I mean, their deep tournament run hopes. But it it gives them a an extra guy. I mean, you know, it help any team to be honest with you. Like
3: that. Do you buy that he could do that consistently though? I don't think hey, that's every, I don't think they need him
4: to. No, but he's capable of doing it when they you know he's capable of doing it when they need it. He's good. He's damn good. Like man, he's good. He's fun to watch. He makes them significantly better. Yeah.
5: Okay, I'll end on one of levity and then we'll get to toasts. George wants to know everybody's favorite kind of pizza.
4: Cheese.
3: <clears throat> what style though? That that's like a flavor of pizza. Like are we talking deep dish? Are we talking like New York style, thin crust? What do we got ours? Man,
4: you're talking to somebody that spent been- 12 years in italy dude ain't any but one way to make a damn pizza i don't get in all that thick crust and all that i spent 12 years in italy dude i so you're going like sicilian
3: on us i'm going yes
4: okay i'm going uh margarita pizza Uh,
3: that's special i i should have known that coming from you rc you've got good taste i respect it what about you tyler
2: well, I've only spent one week in Italy. So I'm going to have to go deep fishing. I'm going to have to go Chicago style. Uh,
3: do you have a, Tyler, do you have a favorite place in Chicago? I know that's like, a, like I said, Luminati's. Is that the spot? Yeah, it is. It's pretty
2: good.
4: And, uh, but I mean, it's.
3: Give man, me the so go to, Tyler.
4: If I go to Chicago, give me the go to.
3: Luminati's, man. Luminati's. That's, a,
2: okay. that's the only thing I think of, too. Okay. So. Yeah,
3: that's solid. Um, all right. I'm a New York style guy. Cheese, though, like RC said. Yeah, it's just be. New York style. That's all it is. I'm not picky. Great question. Who asked that question, Trevor? Can we get their name? Can we shout them out? That was George. He did not have a last name. Thank you, George. Thank you. We've for also moment. just thrown really
5: a, a grenade into the chat because now everybody's arguing about deep dish and, and <laughs>
3: everything else. I love it. Uh, that would be very on brand for uh, us to have a lot of uh, very fun, divisive college basketball things to talk about. And the number one segment of the show is, What's the best kind of pizza? That's that's a great segment, gentlemen. All right. With our toasts, as we always do, Tyler, we'll go to you first if you got one ready. If not, RC, you can jump in. Who you got?
2: Uh, I'll give the toast to Michigan going into uh, Rutgers, getting a tough win defensively, old school. Uh, so I respect that, playing the best basketball when it matters the most. So that's my shout-out, the whole Michigan.
3: Tyler, that meant the world to me because that's my <laughs> squad, and I, I could shed a tear right now. Cheers. You
4: know what? I'm gonna go with Penn State going on the road, taking care of business on the bubble. First throw out, road wins are hard, man. I don't give. I don't care who you're playing; they're not easy. And if you think they are, ask Virginia. After that, just upset. No one picked BC to beat those guys. I mean, road wins are just tough, and they went in there and got one tonight. And and Jalen Pickett struggled. He 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 struggled early, with two points, and finished up with twenty three. Close the show, so to so first team Big Ten. Cheers.
3: I like Shrewsbury too, man. I don't think we really mentioned him in the conversation tonight. I'm like he's, for him. he's done a good job. He's done a hell of a All job. All right, I I mean I have to do it. I have to. It's a, in a losing effort, but I don't care. Boo boo, got the 35. jersey on, baby. Yeah. I, that's why I didn't take him because I knew you had the jersey.
4: You Come need on. now. You got to get two. You got to get the forward now.
3: No, I, I think I will genuinely. Uh, yeah. Li- listen, I'm in love with this man. I've never been more sentimental towards another male adult, young adult man. I don't care. I'm in love with this man. His name's Boo Booey. This is a four year affair that him and I have been having. He's been playing hard to get. But listen, I fell in love with this man once four years ago. He was but a freshman at Northwestern. I was in Chicago visiting some friends. It was a Friday night Well past midnight central time, Northwestern had a noon tip the next day. Boo Booey was playing in that game. You know who I saw walked into the Chicago club doors at 1 a.m. Central time a night before a game? Freshman Boo Booey. And the legend of Boo Booey was born. He went on the next morning to drop 20 points in a Northwestern victory after doing that as a 19-year-old kid. Absolutely special. There's no one like him. He's a hell of a player. He's on a hell of a run right now. He's the biggest reason why Northwestern has been so successful this season. And uh, that monologue felt a lot less meaningful after blowing the lead tonight. But, man, 35 points, six threes. Uh, He's a dangerous man. I hope he has a lot of success in March because he deserves it. Boo-booey. Boo-booey. Tyler, did you ever go out in college the night before a game?
2: Absolutely not. Never. (laughs) I mean, I've had teammates do that. I'm I'm so paranoid
4: about sleep. No. Uh Uh-uh.
3: I respect well, it though. There's different ways to respect different approaches to <laughs> no,
4: that. No, listen, some, as you know, Tyler, when you get to the NBA, it's just some dudes got a skill. Like some dudes can just go out. I wasn't one of them. Like, like, like college, I went out. I did go out one night in college. I went we, when Maryland was in the ACC and I went home and I hung out one time and played well. But I would I never ever again. Like that was. Never in my life. Like, I was one of those had to get to sleep, bed, rest, everything. Like, I would know guys that can stumble in there with the same clothes they had on the night before and and give you 30. So, it it was –
3: it's a skill. Yeah. Uh, He's definitely got that, Gene. Or – Maybe he's just well-rested now. Maybe he learned. He, he grew a little bit. He made some different yeah, decisions. No, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying know. he
4: does it all the time. You the one who said he was
3: out at 1 I, o'clock. <laughs> I, I <laughs> kind of blew up his spot there, didn't I? I'm sorry, Boo. I apologize. It's out of love again. Growing I've been up I've been chasing you for four years, Mr. Bowie. This only ends one way. This ends with you and me in a sweet 16 together, my friend. And I'll cheer you on every step of the way. All right, guys, this was a blast. Uh, thanks for talking big 10 Hooves with me tonight, man. That was more than half the show. Uh, that's good for my heart and soul, guys. For Tyler Hansbro, for Randolph Childers, my name is Greg Waddell. And for uh, all the Bet River betters out there that I mushed, I apologize. We'll see you after Saturday's loaded slate on another episode of The Field of 68 After Dark.